Idleman Unplugged is part of the Edify Podcast Network. I want to see your face Pass me by the crowds of people The priests who sing your praise Hello, my name is Shane Idleman, and I'm the pastor of Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California. It is my personal heart and goal for you to see truth through a biblical perspective. I hope that you enjoy this segment of Idleman Unplugged. Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of Idleman Unplugged. As always, make sure to subscribe wherever you're watching this so you can get the updates as they come out. I've got a a topic that's near and dear to my heart uh, today, and I will be briefly talking about, uh, I'm going to give a review of the American Gospel trailer. I think it's American Gospel Spirit and Fire. American Gospel Spirit and Fire. I think this is number three. Um, and I actually just about an hour ago, I was going back and forth with the producer, Brandon, and I think we'll schedule something hopefully when the whole documentary is released and do a podcast and, and all that. Um, because I think it's on one hand, it's really good to expose things and talk about things as long as we're not biased. Um, and I don't know where he stands. I actually have an email in now, you know, see where he stands on cessationists, continuationists and different things. Not that it really matters. And the reason I'm doing this is because people are are asking me about the trailer, and I think you can watch it, um, American Gospel, Spirit and Fire, uh, the trailer there for that. It's about 15 minutes long, well done. Um, some of my people I know are on it. And I want to, instead of, you know, picking apart the trailer or the movie, because I haven't seen the movie, the trailer, I mean, there's, there's um, pretty straightforward because it looks at, and that's what I like what he's doing. You're looking at both sides. And then you let, I mean, obviously you can tell when a, when a producer has a bias and I'm, I'm sure maybe that will come out. If I produce something, it'd probably have a bias for sure. Right. So you're seeing both sides. What do both sides, um, believe? And I want to comment a little bit on, um, because in that video, they mentioned something about, uh, the NAR and I've talked a little bit about that. Um, there's so many rabbit trails. Let me just, let me just get back to what I was saying is I think it's important with now the trailer out there and some of the clips from the trailer from people like Rodney Howard Brown. Uh, and I know people who know him. They were just with him this month in Florida. Uh, Dr. Michael Brown's on there. We've, we've just talking recently at this morning. Um, and then of course, different, you know, the, the people who are not uh, continuationists, they're sensationist. You know, I know some of them as well. And so that term just means does the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit still exist? And um, others would say, yes, based on the, those those seven sign gifts or so. I don't know exactly seven. And then others would say, no, uh, they don't. However, when you when you watch the trailer, like Justin Peters, um, you know, says, well, of course, we still believe that God still heals in his sovereignty. And but we don't see somebody given the gift of healing because of, you know, obviously all the abuses out there. And um, so I don't want to, I'll let you watch the trailer if you'd like. And, and, and I, I guess I would encourage people to do it um, to, to kind of whet your appetite for what's going on. And I think there's three groups and that's where we're getting a little bit of, of we get in a pickle. So you've got the conservative movement, you know, the gifts of Holy spirit don't, don't operate today to the supernatural gifts, I should say. Um, and you won't, you won't see this group a lot having deep prayer meetings, going into seasons of fasting, travail, petitioning God at the altar. You know, it's, it, it's, I would say it, it lacks 
um, fervency, fire, and the emotional aspect there. However, they would say, well, we're not into emotionalism. Me neither. And then you've got this group that is uh, th that they highlight in the video here in the trailer that is, <laughs> you know, highly emotional. Uh, and it's almost as if if it's odd, it's God and there's emotional things going on. And then they throw in here the the NAR. I had to really study this recently, actually a year or two ago, because I had a picture with Francis Chan or I posted something with Dr. Brown. And uh, now I'm part of this movement. I don't even know what they're talking about. Um, so I study a little bit on the NAR, National Apostolic Reformation, which just so you know, I have nothing to do with it. I reading what it is on on at uh, gotquestions.org, I would thoroughly disagree with it. Mm -mm, not going there with this group. And supposedly, you know, if there is this group, I've never met pastors who say they're part of it. Uh, or this big conspiracy underneath group growing movement of NAR. But what it is, I think, is um, apostol the, uh, apostles. And here's, again, I'm going to get to this group in the middle where I find myself and where I think many of you find yourself. This group is, uh, Shane, well, you don't believe in apostles anymore, do you? And then I look at the Bible. Jesus gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. Um, and so... I don't believe in apostles anymore like this group kind of gets away with, you know, capital A, we walked with Jesus, the 12 apostles walked with Jesus, knew Jesus, apostolic authority, whole different thing here, in my opinion. Um, so I no, I would not agree with apostles leading this movement. Look at this apostle, announcing them as apostle, an apostle on their business card. How destructive and full of pride is that? It's very prideful and arrogant and dangerous. However, small a, the word apostle means sent one. So does God still call sent ones, missionaries? Hey, Shane, you're, you're going to go plant a church that, that is apostolic in its nature. But I don't use that word because of all the people on this side, you know, throwing darts here and these darts, darts. And so um, I, I, I believe in the gifting that Jesus gave us. I believe that there are those with the apostolic calling to go and sent ones and missionaries, but I'm not going to elevate an apostle that we bow to over our organization. They have the final say. That's kind of like the papacy. Uh, and I just heard something yesterday I thought was so, so good uh, on the papacy. Thomas Aquinas, the Pope, I think it was Pope Innocent IV, was showing Thomas Aquinas the great wealth of Rome. And he said, look at this, Thomas, we can no longer say, like Peter, silver and gold have I none. And Aquinas looked at the Pope and said, neither can you say like Peter, arise and walk and see there's, there's an, there, well, that's a whole nother podcast, but a good point. So, and just the weirdness, um, like the trailer pointed out where, you know, like the, uh, Bill Johnson and others took that staff, uh, and they came against racism, uh, like on, uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, I just see that and say, well, that is silly. That That is not only silly, what in the world are you doing? Wow. But can I say that's a false prophet? No, not based on the knowledge I have. So that's silly. That's weird. Um, and then I saw on there where, you know, people would lay on the grave. Uh, they call it grave sucking. And so that's where I, I would really challenge people is 
Bethel, Bill Johnson have, have come out and say they don't do grave sucking. Now, I have a lot of issues with them. I'm just saying on this one point, the facts are they don't believe in grave sucking, you know, sucking the anointing out of the grave. They'll go and visit tombs or different things and maybe pictures of laying on a grave and saying, Lord, give me my anointing or give me this anointing. You know, not a good idea for sure. But I remember hearing, I think it was Alistair Begg and others uh, going and visiting uh, some of the, the the graves of the popular uh, preachers in the Welsh revivals, 1700s, 1800s, or, uh, even, uh, you know, solid, solid guys. They'll, they'll, I would, I'd love to go to the grave of Moody or Finney. Um, well, this group won't like Finney. This group will. So, you know, I'll go to these, man, Murray McShaney, if I'm in Scotland and, and, and Lord, I, I, I would even pray there, Lord, I'd love to, to have this anointing, the same one as, Mc, as McShaney, God, the fire of God upon my life. But I'm not going to suck the anointing. I'm not going to grave suck. I'm not going to think that anointing can be imparted from the bones. And I don't think this group believes that either. So I think that's a little misleading um, because there's a way you can show reverence to those who have died and say, Lord, this person did an incredible thing. I'd love if I could just experience some of what they experienced. I mean, come on, guys. So that part is kind of, you know, I don't really agree with. Um, and so also in this group, what, what else would go with this? You know, signs and wonders, um, total embarrassment. What I saw at the Lakeland revival, uh, with Todd Bentley, um, and, you know, um, and then you've got, they're putting down Brownsville Revival, I think. I don't know if the trailer is. I just know people have been re- responding to it. And, um, you know, Dr. Brown's clip in there about how repentance was preached and other things were preached. And here's what you have to remember about, um, let me let me talk to you about the middle group here, where I find myself. Uh, love sound doctrine, love sound theology, have the MacArthur Study Bible. We've got Alistair Begg on our radio network. Uh, love listening to Paul Washer, Vody Bachman. Um, I follow, um, you know, I've got Spurgeon's commentary, Spurgeon's sermons, lectures to my students. I've got volumes of works by the Puritans. Love sound doctrine. But like D. Martin Lloyd-Jones said, love him too. In his famous book, Preachers and Preaching, the last chapter, the dire need, the desperate need for unction in the pulpit, unction on the heart of the believer. And this I wouldn't disagree with that. But what we disagree with is what that unction, what that anointing, what that baptism of the spirit, what it looks like, how it, how it comes out. So I would say straight as a gun barrel theologically, we have to watch out for on this side and just as empty on this side. uh, They resemble a cemetery. This side resembles a circus. My goodness. Would you get some sound doctrine underneath you? And um, so you see a lot of these people. Uh, like the clips they played from Kenneth Copeland. Oh my goodness. The, I mean, I don't, I cringe just like you do. And it, it's just disheartening. But then they throw all of us, they throw this side tends to throw this middle group into this side. Hey, you, you got to be, because you believe in first Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, you got to be with this group. No, 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 I don't. No, no, no. There's a middle group. Uh, that's where I think many of us find ourselves. We need the power of the spirit. And so here's what happens. And we've experienced seasons of this at our church. When God brings a, a, a sense of revival, I'm actually putting, I'm going to read it in just a minute. I'm putting my book, If My People, If My People, uh, read this in case of national emergency. It's a book I wrote a couple of years ago. I'm putting an audio right, right now. I'm recording. I just did that earlier and I came across, across a section. I have to read to you. It's incredible. Um, so it's not revival is not nice 
and um, we can't put it in a box. And, you know, we have our four songs, 30 minute sermon, closing song, and, and we have a revival. Actually, the definition of revival is you're awakening those who are spiritually dead. Uh, usually revival has to do with spiritual awakening might be a better term. Those who are dead spiritually, lukewarm or Pharisees, hard-hearted, critical people, they come alive with the spirit of God. And when they come alive, there's, there's emotion, there's excitement or unbelievers. When they come under the sound of Holy Ghost preaching, they, they, they are so convicted. And sometimes, you know, if, if uh, the living God is convicting you, sometimes you're not going to sit there and go, Oh, I feel convicted. All right. No, you're, you are, you're on your knees. You're at the altar. You're crying out to God. You're, you're, and so it looks a little weird or bizarre. And so we think, oh, that can't be of God. Well, no, it can be of God if it lines up with scripture. And so, um, I remember at the altar, we had just incredible, you can tell when worship is just, it, it just, and see, you have to be open to a move of God as well, because if you close it off, nope, nope, don't get too emotional. Don't sing that song twice. <laughs> don't do, don't, don't come to the altar and don't, don't, I want to hear weeping. Come on, guys. That's, that's not biblical either. Um, so you can't get weird and then do all this weird stuff. But again, in the midst of God breaking and humbling and repenting uh, or, or, or re- renewing those who have repented and convicting and drawing and filling it, it is not always what we would expect. And, and I, for one, am conservative and I like to keep things in a box. Okay. Don't, don't get too carried away. So we had this one night, I would say 40 people just were just pressed in at the altar. Our worship team is just, it's just incredible. Just, and I think it's okay to fill the power and presence of God if it lines up with scripture. My goodness, we want to fill everything else. God gave us feelings for a reason. So as long as they line up with scripture, but then this man was being delivered and it was like, wow. Okay, Lord. And then my Pharisee heart comes in. Okay. We got to stop him. This isn't good. <laughs> you know, this is going to ruin my reputation. Um, but at the end of the night, you know, it was a beautiful thing and, uh, just, you know, sweating profusely, crying out to God. And it was just a little disruptive. And people say, well, that's not God then. Well, it could be God delivering sinful man from a demonic, uh, uh, uh oppression over him. How, how is that supposed to look? So what matters is how we handle that type of thing. What do we, what? So I think. You know, this idea that it's never going to be messy. It's never going to, you know, get maybe a little bit, um, convicting or uh, emotional. I, I think is, is very, very wrong. That's not a good view. So anyway, I think we can all respect George Whitfield. George Whitfield, July of 1742. He was visiting a church and he preached three times that day. His last sermon began at nine in the evening and it continued till 11 o'clock. The hunger for God was so strong. The pastor preached after him till one in the morning. Even then the people could hardly be persuaded to leave. So, hey, guys on this side, why is church so boring sometimes? Why do people want to leave? Why do we got to get our services down to an hour and five minutes if the power of God is so evident? Begs the question. And then on this side, you can't manufacture revival. You can't work it up, but God can bring it down on a broken, humble, prepared people. And so he goes on to say, um, even the people could, could, were hardly persuaded, could, would hardly, they hardly wanted to, let me read the sentence. Even then, the people could hardly be persuaded to depart. 
all night in the fields, the voice of prayer and praise was to be heard. Shouldn't we long for that? Shouldn't we desire that? Now, George Whitfield made a comment. Here you go. You guys ready? Put on your seatbelt. It far outdid all that I ever saw in America. For about an hour and a half, there were scenes of uncontrollable distress, like a field of battle. Many were being carried into the pastor's home like wounded soldiers because they were overcome with severe conviction of sin. Huh. So who is going to tell George Whitfield, you know, that that's not of God, sir. Um, but be clear, revival is not about acting weird. It's the power of God reviving our hearts. I'm reading my manuscript here again for a minute. Whether it's the 1802 revival at Yale University, the 1863 revival in the Confederate armies, or the famous revival on the island of Lewis in 1949, all of them centered around dead hearts being revived. And, and how that, you know, it, it also goes according, let me put this Back to the video here so I can see it. It also goes back to our design, you know, more conservative people, more emotional people. I mean, when God is, when God's just flooding my own heart, I, I'm sometimes I can't get, get up to preach. I'm just weeping over the condition of our nation. And, 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 but somebody else might just be at the altar and crying out to God. Someone else might be just head bowed down and, 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 and Lord, please help me, save me. And, and just, we can't explain it. But you know when you experience a powerful move of God and when you don't. And so that's what I'm seeing. This this side, from time to time, can tend to manufacture it. Um, what I saw, again, what I saw from Brownsville, video clips, talking to Dr. Brown, the call to repentance, um, you know, I saw a, a genuine move of, of the Spirit. Now, inside of that, was there stuff going on that was of the enemy and fleshly and not good? Yes. And what people do is they video that and they say, aha, aha, I gotcha. So anyway, I can't comment on the movie just yet. Um, I'm going to, once I watch it, maybe do a, a, a podcast with, with the producer or I'll just go through it. But I think, you know, if, if the goal is a non-biased approach, let's show this side, let's show this side. But my hope is they show the middle side. I mean, can't we have, the power of sound doctrine and the power of the spirit. Where, where's, where's the power of the New Testament church on this side? Where's the power of the New Testament church even on this side? False signs and wonders, maybe sometimes, uh, so, some of this legitimate. Again, I can't comment. I've never, maybe I should go up to Bethel or, but the stuff I see is disheartening. It's discouraging. Um, but then there's, you see other fruit, like he, I think on the trailer there, they put Heidi Baker down with the microphone, you know? And I'm like, I, I can honestly say, I don't understand this person at all, but the people I know again, who know her have been to Africa, saw all the, that they're doing. And we, I think we can say the fruit is absolutely amazing. The fruit speaks for itself, the humility, the genuine, the genuine, genuinely being saved, genuinely being set free. Uh, they talked about David Hogan raising all the people from the dead. I've got, I got some concerns and questions there. Um, again, I don't follow these things. I don't know, but I, I, I want to keep my thoughts until I watch the movie, but I've got some concerns with that because again, remember when God is moving, so are weird people. So is, uh, the enemy. So is fleshly less than desires and people wanting to be promoted and all these things. So what the side content can, has a tendency to do is, the gifts and power of the spirit are still evident here in the middle group and 
this group sometimes want to give, want to, want, wants to give the Holy Spirit a little hamburger helper. They don't want to be as discerning, as cautious. Um, and so that's where we have to be careful. So again, with, with Heidi laying down the microphone, um, she was actually at a church in my area many years ago. I didn't go watch that. She said the anointing was so strong that she had to preach laying down. So again, I don't understand it. I've, I've had, I've had the anointing come on upon me so strong that I couldn't get up. I couldn't preach. The guys prayed for me and I was at a men's conference. Um, and, and when you talk about that word anointing and unction, it's thoroughly biblical because it's the spirit of the Lord coming upon a person. The spirit comes alongside para preposition P A R A and the Holy spirit is in a believer E N. But then there's a wonderful thing when the Holy spirit comes upon a believer E P I. When the Holy Spirit came upon Peter, the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, the Holy Spirit came upon Paul, the Holy Spirit came, can come upon a believer. And so I like to liken it to a, a sparklets bottle. You know, let's say it's, let's say it's full of water. Okay. Let's just say the Holy Spirit represents, water represents the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, the water is in the sparklets bottle, completely in the bottle. Okay. Pretty safe, not too much damage. But if I start to pour additional water in that bottle, it's already overflowing. Now it's wrecking my computer, the recorder, the switchboard, the carpet, everything. Why? Because now it's overflowing. It's a pond. It is consuming. That's what the anointing, the unction of the spirit is. It's an all-consuming passion and all consuming fire for God that affects everything around it in a good way. So I think we should desire that epi, that upon that anointing. And there have been times where I just felt and I began weeping during communion. I couldn't f- almost finish my message. And those are, those are very incredible times. They're far and few between. So I don't want to mock that. Um, so back to her, I don't know what to, other than, yeah, that I see the same thing you see and I don't understand it. I don't understand a lot of these, the mannerisms in these people. But again, does it make them a false prophet? Does it? No, it doesn't. Does it make what they're doing thoroughly unbiblical and there's no fruit? No, absolutely not. It does not. Uh, it just means I don't understand what they're doing. Why are they doing it? Are they perfect? No, not at all. And again, am I endorsing? I'm not endorsing any of this. I'm just telling you the facts and why I really hope that people recognize there is a group in the middle that are contending, contending for revival the right way. When God brings a downpour, he rends the heavens and he comes down. And I will tell you this as a fan of revival, a student of revival, um, I, I've got books piled probably as high to the ceiling uh, from Duncan Campbell. I'm, you know, Duncan Campbell with New Hebrides, but um, the Welsh revival. So a lot of people don't know about it was called the fatherness, the Calvinist fatherness, the Calvinist Methodist fathers of Wells, big volume set. D Martin Lloyd Jones recommends it with Hal Harris, Griffin Jones, Daniel Rollins talk about men of God on fire. And you'd be amazed at some of the things that, that happened during, during these seasons of revival under these solid Calvinistic, Solid doctrine men. It was amazing that today many of these churches here, this, this, this side would not allow them to preach and see. So anytime and I, I can say this with, with, with the utmost authority of reading a lot on revivals, anytime God brings a genuine revival, again, not what you think. I'm just saying when God brings a genuine outpouring of his spirit, there is always a word spoken against it. Always, without a shadow of a doubt. Did you know George Whitfield, of all people, had his critics? 
Did you know that? It's, 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 it's well documented. Any type of, of, and so what you do is you get a person like Finney who, you know, lectures on revival and, 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 and I don't agree with everything he wrote because I don't think you can bring revival whenever you want as long as you prepare your heart and, and do the, the, and, and fulfill the conditions of revival. However, there's some truth to that, that if you till the soil, God will bring the rain. But again, I believe all that's under his sovereign control. And I don't think we can just whip it up and, 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 Hey, Lord, I did this. Now you got to do this. Uh, his sovereignty comes into play there. But the Finney, his emotionalism or how Wesley was compared to Whitfield. Or how Duncan Campbell was. I don't think there was New Hebrides. I don't think there was an outbreak of a lot of weirdness. I mean, there was people falling down, uh, prostrate. Uh, what about under the preaching of Whitfield or Jonathan Edwards? They would hold onto trees so they didn't fall into the abyss of hell. Uh, and people would cry out and, and, uh, um, and you, you, then you go to what people call the Azusa Street Revival, close about an hour here from where I'm at you know, 1904 or 1905. And here we got tongues and all these things. And now it's not of God. And then that came maybe from Evan Roberts in 1904. And Evan Roberts, that was a pretty solid as far as not being really bizarre. But then things would happen there. And all these these types of rigid churches would write against what was going on there in in uh, in under Evan Roberts, when there's genuine fruit, fruit, genuine revival. So that's that's my where I try to find a healthy tension. I don't I don't want to necessarily go this way and begin to quench the spirit of God. And I don't want to go this way and get weird and quench the spirit of God. So I'm hoping this movie will find the middle ground. I'm hoping people understand there is a middle ground because the Bible clearly teaches that the, the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit is still available. And I've done other podcasts on healing you can watch and listen to. Um, I've got concerns with with this side on how that manifests itself, how that reveals itself. And let's say, let's say God has genuinely called somebody to the healing ministry. Okay. Let's just say he genuinely has. And, um, but they maybe do some things we wouldn't do. Uh, maybe, you know, God has anointed them and they do pray for some people and then they get a little arrogant and then they pray for others and they don't miss it. Maybe, maybe, um, they don't handle some things great. And now, now their ministry has a little, uh, a little mark of doubt on it and, and see, we've got sinful, we've got sinful man trying to walk in the power and presence of God. So you're going to see some things that are, that are off. And I, again, I don't want to name names. Uh, what I did actually too is I, um, I asked Todd White about that, that the, when he was in the American gospel, I think the first one, we had an hour long talk. We, we, we talk and text sometimes. Uh, and I've got some questions. I want him to come on the podcast. And, um, and what I do though, is I want to talk to the people. I want to genuinely see the fruit because there's a lot of armchair quarterbacks out there that make YouTube videos from their mom's basement in Vermont, putting us down or putting anybody down. Uh, they've never experienced the power of the spirit and they just want to, you're a part of the NAR. I can't, what, what are you talking about? See what they want to do is they don't have the power of the spirit in their own life. So they have to pull down those who do. And that, that's really sad. That really was what happens a lot. Um, you see. I mean, let's, let's throw some names out here, you know, some solid conservative people, um, in these, these solid, well-known churches. Maybe I won't throw some names out there, but, um, and they see, look at, look at what's going on in this church. They're alive with the spirit of God. They've got four hour church services. They're at the altar. Lives are being broke. Hearts are being broken and crying out to God. We don't have that. And instead of humbling ourselves and saying, Lord, we want more of you. They shoot us. They put us down. Those who have the fire of God, the spirit of God, 
not saying they don't have the spirit of God. You know what I'm saying here? But I guess over the emotionalism, the length of the service, you won't hear them talking about praying and fasting and seeking the heart of God. Uh, get off that revive, get off that altar. Don't sing that song twice. That's emotionalism. I would love to camp out of the song for 30 minutes. Holy, holy is our God and you're worshiping and you're, and you're contending for the faith. And so that's what I've noticed. I've got people who are friends of mine. And I'll just say it, you know, have been, let's say, to the master seminary. It's close to me. I love, I love, I go to their bookstore. I love everything about it, except we don't agree on this working of the spirit and revival. But a lot of them that I've known over the years, um, they get up, they get upset or their lack of spiritual hunger, their lack of spiritual fire. Instead of repenting and humbling themselves and saying, God, I want that. I want more of you. They shoot. They shoot us, brother shooting brother. Oh, that's not of God. Oh, that's not of the spirit. You shouldn't fast anymore. You shouldn't spend time at the altar. You shouldn't put on that emotional worship. Why is your worship going hour? That's not of God. And see, that's an excuse because they themselves have not experienced the fire of God. So I would encourage you, no matter what side, repent on either side, repent of hardness of heart on this side, repent of shallowness of lukewarm, of maybe being a false prophet, of doing things in your own flesh, of misrepresenting God, of thinking you can work revival up when God has to bring it down. <clears throat> Repent to that. <clears throat> and the, the the point is to find that middle ground. I'd love to talk to Justin Peters too. Okay. You say that God still heals, God's sovereign. Okay. Well, how does he heal if you're never asking for it? How does he heal if you're not pursuing it? How, how did, how did, uh, couldn't God give someone that gift of faith, that gift of healing, the gift of prophecy, the gift of the word of wisdom? We still need those powerful tools of the Holy Spirit today. So anyway, want to keep this under 30 minutes. Um, maybe I'll do another one of these. Um, when the movie comes out, you guys can put in the comments on Facebook probably or different plat- platforms and make sure to follow me on Rumble. Rumble 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 is a safe spot for now. Go there and subscribe and also in, on iTunes and in Podbeam and all the other uh, podcast platforms. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Idleman Unplugged, be sure to send us your ideas and topics for future episodes of the podcast. You can send us an email at westsidechristianfellowship.org or shaneidleman.com. Again, my name is Luke Duncan, and I am your host of Idleman Unplugged. Thank you for listening to us today, and join us again on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Idleman Unplugged. For more information, visit us at shaneidleman.com. Again, that's shaneidleman.com. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I app. El Paseo Publications proudly supports the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network. We are committed to quality in Christian publication. Free ebooks can be found at westsidechristianfellowship.org under free ebooks. Books such as What Works for Men and What Works for Young Adults will help readers understand that the obstacles ahead are never greater than God's power to take you through. Books such as What Works When Diets Don't and Feasting and Fasting demonstrate how health can be achieved from a biblical perspective. Other free books such as 
Answers for a Confused Church and Desperate for More of God show the importance of fully surrendering our lives to Christ. And One Nation Above God is a must-read for anyone concerned about the direction of America. Again, free downloads of these eBooks are available at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We are happy about partnering with the Westside Christian Fellowship Radio Network.